It's the live phone-in show, and on this week's edition, we're going to be discussing whether or not we're starting to see Mikel Arteta's Arsenal take shape. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and our big question this week is, are we starting to see Mikel Arteta's Arsenal take shape? Of course, Arsenal have been on a much improved run in the Premier League of late, and of course, we managed to hold Manchester United, who many people seem to think are title challengers this year, to a nil-nil draw, and quite frankly, we could have won it. Plenty to get into on this week's show. I'm looking forward to taking your calls between now and 10pm. So we'll be live for the next hour. Uh, just before we get right into it, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, make sure you do. We're closing in on 12,000 subscribers on YouTube alone. That is not including all the wonderful people that join us via the audio platforms as well. So get yourselves subscribed if you're not. I can still see from the analytics that around about 40, 45% of you that watch our videos are not subscribed. So what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button. And if you want to go one step further and become a member of the channel, you can do so by clicking the link in the description. You can get all sorts of perks like getting priority on these shows. You can get access to our Discord server uh, where we're talking about Arsenal and all things football pretty much around the clock. Um, what else do you get? You can get uh, members-only content. There's lots and lots of stuff uh, coming your way if you're a Chronicles of Aguna member. So if you haven't checked that out already, please uh, be sure to do so. Right, we're going to be we're going to jump straight into it because we're going to go for an hour tonight. We always run over, but tonight we're actually going to go for an hour. So uh, let's not muck around. Let's get straight to it. And welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, Sam Tonks. Hey there, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Feeling quite good, um, actually. And, and it's strange because mm. it was a draw uh, against yeah. Manchester United. And I know if you're, you want to be a, a big club, as people say, you kind of... I'm not saying that I'm celebrating it. You shouldn't really celebrate it. But given the performance, given the fact that we remain unbeaten, I was quite, I was quite pleased by that performance. How, do you, how did you feel about the Man United game in particular? Um, I'll be honest, I saw the teams and I thought I'd take a draw straight away because um, obviously, obviously we all laughed at the Sheffield United game, um, but I, I watched it thinking that there's going to be a reaction. Like This is false optimism. United have got to play better against um, us on um, yesterday and they didn't really. Um, at the end of the day, I was only worried about Cavani, I said to my United mates before, I thought, Cavani's the threat and it proved he didn't have his shooting boots on. But uh, we, we played really well, considering we have our three best players out. Um, we've had a hectic fixture schedule. Um, got players like coming in and out of form, um, probably tiring like Smith Rowe party. Um, I thought a point was a good result for us, like you say, unbeaten. And it's another clean sheet. 
Um, so that will it'll take a lot of confidence from that. How are you feeling about the Mikel Arteta project in general? Because if we rewind to a couple of months ago, the, the kind of whole feeling around the club was very, very different. We've gone on this positive run. Um, it feels as though he's found the right balance in terms of defence and attack. It feels as though he's started to identify who his first team is. Better late than never, I guess, but he's got there. And, and are you yeah. feeling a lot more optimistic about what the future now holds under Mikel Arteta? Yeah, I think that when we're in that bad run, it was clear Arteta kept trying the same things that weren't working. Everyone was screaming, change it up, get Smith Rowe, get someone in that changes the team. And at the end of the day, that missing thing was a number 10. It's just changed the whole dynamic. It's brought the wingers more into the game. You've seen Pepe improve. Uh, Saka, he's another level best player at the club. Aubameyang's looked better. Before even he got his goals at Newcastle, he was more in the game. Lacazette, um, you've got Tierney, Ned Cedric. Um, so it's just that one change that's just changed the whole game. And I think everyone is obviously like there was the FA Cup defeat. That's the blip. But everyone's so quick to jump back on the, the negativity. And it's like the thing with that was it was good enough to win the game. It's just one of them things. We lost. We can't win the FA Cup every year. And look what's happened since. We had the rested players who came in, battered Southampton on the Tuesday night. Um, I think Arteta's managed this seriously well, considering that after especially the Burnley game, it really did look like the writing was on the wall. But you have to give credit. He changed it, even if it may have been forced. Who knows if William was fit for Chelsea, would he have played? But credit where credit's due. He's changed it around and... We're, we're going up. Uh, I don't think there's expectations this season, though. I think it's just a free hit, whatever happens. And the main thing is the summer where Arteta should get his resources now and finally get the squad he's happy with. News is filtering through to me that Spurs have lost at Brighton. Oh, Brighton, the only team, I think, across the, the top four, uh, the top flight divisions in Europe, actually, uh, not to have won a home game. Were we the ones who are meant to be worrying about Brighton, though? And we beat yeah, them. Yeah, apparently. But, yeah. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently, exactly. That's, no, the well. That's the thing as well. Like, you know, Tottenham, the, uh, the ravings about them earlier in the season, they deserved it. Like, they were really good. They battered us. But again, we played into their hands as well. But look how they fall apart when one player's injured. And it's the typical Mourinho thing. Um, and he's under pressure. How will he react? We saw how Arteta's reacted under pressure. So let's see how our, our no noisy neighbours do now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'm going to bring in our next caller um, and I'll, I'll keep you on there as well, Sam, uh, for a few more minutes. Welcome uh, to the show, Harry. How you doing, mate? Hey, man. I'm good. Thank you. How you doing? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Um, agree with, with pretty much everything Sam was saying. You know, it feels like Arsenal are on the up. Um, it feels as though Mikel Arteta is, is starting to find the right formula. My only concern right now, it's not about, it's not necessarily about the management because I actually think we are on the right track. I think that, you know, he's, he, he's, he's picking the right team. I think he's found the right balance. I'm, I'm quite pleased with the overall picture right now. But what I will say is in terms of our ambitions of getting into a European place, I am worried about this having to play 
you know, sometimes two games in four days because we're seeing the likes of Kieran Tierney, Thomas Partey, Emil Smith-Rowe kind of being touch and go as to whether they're fit or not. And it's obvious, isn't it, that they're some of our most important players. Is that a concern for you as well, mate? It is a concern, um, but I think Arteta is managing it well. And I know you just spoke about it, but I'm glad that you can put the FA Cup fiasco and that mini meltdown to bed. Because if you look at the, I think in the top six, no one started the same uh, 11 in, in, in two fixtures back to back. I think only West Ham have. So everyone is chopping and changing and, and you have to do it. Um, it's slightly worrying that when, yeah, when those players are missing, we don't seem to function as well. Um but I think it's it's easily fixable if we had a left-footed left-back. And I know Cedric played well, but when we build up possession, the whole dynamic on the left side changes. Um, Cedric tends to stay further inside, closer to the centre-back. And when he gets the ball, he almost plays it first time around the corner. Whereas Tierney would, if a centre-back got the ball, Tierney would get gone down the left flank and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll have a separate attack. So it worries me slightly about that, but we're coping well with it. And I think Arteta's rotated wonderfully well. And... He sacrificed the FA Cup game um, because he felt like he had to. But it it proved to be right because Southampton looked fucked when we played in the next game and we had loads of energy. So, yeah, agreed. like you say, you know, we've got to be aware of it, but it is what it is. And also as well, you know, how much of it was it was Mikel Arteta's choice to sacrifice that game? Because he kind of alluded to it afterwards, didn't he? That actually a lot of the players that I didn't play, well, they weren't really available anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. And sorry, and, and that's the thing though, right? When this happens, don't just be like, oh, what are we doing this for? Like, why isn't he playing? Where is he? Just like, take a step back and think, wait a minute. Like, are we aware of the player's fitness? Do we know if Emil Smith-Rowe is in the red zone? Do we know if Aubameyang's okay? If we rushed KT back against Southampton, he would have been out for weeks. Do you know what I mean? So we yeah. just got to think a little bit more rationally. Agreed. Uh, just a quick one for those of you asking in the comment section how you can join this evening's phone-in show. Uh, I should have put it rolling across the bottom of the screen. I'll do that right now. Uh, if you want to have your say, you need to send us a DM on Twitter to at Chronicles underscore AFC. And at some point in the show, I'll ping you a link right back. So bear with me. I I do send a few links out at a time, uh, but not too many because what I don't want is loads of people waiting um, and not getting actually on. So what I'm doing is I'm doing it bit by bit. We will get through as many as we possibly can between uh, now and 10 o'clock. Sam, just before I let you go, mate, um, left back position. Mm. Cedric's done okay there. Um, but is it something, is that an area that you want to see Arsenal strengthen in bearing in mind the deadline is is very fast approaching? Yeah. Um, in terms of January, I, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be outgoings and whether we can get players out on loan, which is why I'm a bit, why are we getting rid of Maitland-Niles? He's could be a good cover, but he wants first team football for the Euros. I understand that. I think it should be a target for the summer. I really liked hearing about Ryan Bertrand. Uh, if we can get him proper experience, I don't, rarely has a bad game. Obviously he didn't play against us when we beat them. So it's a big miss, but I think, like um, Harry said, when we miss Tierney, um, is a big miss. But that is, that's why the point against United was even better because against Palace, we created nothing with Tierney and it shows improvement against United. We could have easily mm. won the game. Um, and we didn't have Saka, obviously, in Aubameyang and we could have easily won it. So um, I think there's steadily improvement. But I think, like I said, go for Europa, try and get as far up in the league. But the big time is the summer where Arteta hopefully gets the trust to build the squad more yeah completely agree mate Sam thank you so much for joining us mate really appreciate it and I'm sure we'll speak soon cheers have a good evening 
Cheers, mate. That was the brilliant Sam. Let's bring on uh, a couple more callers. Harry, stay with me. Um, let's bring on Albert. How you doing, mate? How's it going, mate? Good. Pleasure to be on as always, mate. Pleasure to have you, mate. How are you, first of all? Yeah, keeping well, man. Um, Good. Yeah, life. Such is life, mate. Such is life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird time, isn't it? It's a weird time. Let's bring on Shings as well. How you doing, mate? Yes, I'm good, Harry. How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Even better I mean, that I just seen the Spurs result. Yeah, I was literally about to say. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Brighton, Brighton have not won a, ge- a game at home all season, and then Spurs go there. Well, <laughs> typical Doctor, Spurs. Doctor Spurs comes to town, and there you go. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I didn't watch the Spurs game, none of it, because when I I, I missed the beginning of it, right, and then I got a message saying that Spurs were one 0 down, and I thought I'm not watching it. And maybe if I do watch it, I'm going to jinx Brighton. Yeah, so I've been yeah. sitting here watching a game that is already done and dusted. Roma are currently beating Hellas Verona. It's 3-1 now, but it was 3-0. And I've got that on just because I didn't want to watch the Spurs game. Spurs jinx game it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that, yeah. Albert, let me come to you first, mate. Um, the big question tonight, are we starting to see Mikel Arteta's Arsenal take shape? Um... I'm still kind of reserved on it. It's only for the main reason I'll tell you why, Harry, for me is, you know, in terms of the youth players that we got coming through, um, I know Emma Smith-Rowe's got sort of his stint in the team now, but I'm, I'm sort of still question Arteta just in terms of, is he the man to bring these guys through, not just for the rest of the season, but for his duration, his time as Arsenal coach. That That's my only question mark over him. So, um, I'm pleased with the recent form, mate. I don't care who's in charge, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, it's a mad season because we've got the least amount of goals scored in the top 12, but we've got the second best defensive league, second best defensive record in the league. It's crazy. Like, it just doesn't, the maths doesn't, doesn't make sense. But I'm happy with it at the moment. But with Arteta, yeah, that, that's my that's my th- sort of thoughts and feelings, if I'm honest. Shings, let me come to you, mate. The, the yeah. one thing I think that is very difficult for fans to deny whether they support Mikel Arteta or not is that he you know he has made us better defensively hasn't he and that stat that Albert just brought to the table proves that and you wonder where we would be if we hadn't improved in that department and we were going for a bit of a goal drought like we were you know a few a a few weeks ago yeah Harry how long uh how long ago and how how long has it been whenever you're watching an Arsenal game all you can hear the comments to saying we're too soft easy to break down and how long have we been crying out just to be solid at the back? You know, and all these stats about Arsenal, the second best defence in the league, is, I won't lie to you, <laughs> something I never thought I would hear in the near future. So you've got to give him credit there because honestly, we, we used to be known as spanless, so easy to break down. And, you know, teams, you know, teams could easily break us down. But as you saw over there, it's unbelievable. Great defending, everyone putting in a shift in you know, defensively. So you've got to give him credit where he's due. And um, there's a question about, is he start taking shape? I think slowly it's because if you look, he's starting to, he's only just starting to get rid of the deadwood slowly and surely. And then, and then hopefully in summer, they'll back him. Um, I'll, I'm going to judge him next season. Obviously, yes, you judge him now, but I think from next season, he's got no excuses, to be honest. No excuses, I think, from next season. Harry, do you think this system, this four-two-three-one system, if you like, is what Mikel would have been looking at from the day he arrived at the club? Do you think he's that was his long-term plan? Do you think it's something he stumbled upon? How do you see it? 
I think he probably always wanted to play that way. But when he first came in, he realised, I just need to make us hard to beat. And then over a period of time, that that fades off because then you become predictable. But we've we've moved so far on from playing that back five. And if we were to play a back five in the next game, you know that would just be because he would tactically think that that's how we would win the game. Whereas before it just felt like this is our only way to play to stop us from conceding. But I think we've we've moved forward tactically. Um, we're now able to, like you say, defend so well with a back four, but also control possession. And like yesterday, there were times where we didn't control possession, but our, our in-game management was so good. We were all so switched on. Every man, Pepe was tracking back, Martinelli was tracking back. So when we didn't have the ball, we were just more alert. And that comes from Arteta building a good foundation. And and sometimes we're a little bit scared to praise Arteta too much because of the horrendous form we've had and the the rise up the table's been quite slow. If you think about it, the past seven, eight games or seven games, we've been really, really good. You know, great results, but it's been a steady rise because the teams above us, Everton, West Ham, Leicester, are picking up results. Soon those teams will continue to lose and hopefully we'll find our form. And that will be a true reflect reflection of where we are, where we should be, which I believe is a top six. And the same applies to Louise and Holding. We're a bit scared to praise Arteta. We're a bit scared to praise Holding and David Louise. Holding has been you know, sensational. And for all of his faults, um, he's slowly getting better at those. He doesn't always look composed on the ball, but he's getting better on the ball. He's defending incredibly well uh, at one-on-one -on -one moments. He's not getting beaten for pace. He's given himself enough space to make the tackle. And David Luiz, for me, I mean, the guy on his day is just colossal. And since Arteta's come in, he's been pretty good. He's had the red card against Man City, which was bad, and, and the one against Chelsea take those incidents out he's been pretty solid I know he was a little bit iffy against Southampton but when it comes with possession on the ball being aggressive being angry you know he, he controls it really well so I'm really really happy with those two and personally I know Gabriel was, has, has been a great signing but Louise and Holden are the first names on the team sheet at the moment for me I don't I don't think you disrupt that I don't think you disrupt that yeah I agree with you and then I got quite a bit of stick actually when I did my preview show of the Man United game. And I picked David Lewis over Gabriel. Um, there were a lot of people that, you know, what I, we've got a lovely community here of, of fantastic people who always comment. And, and even if we disagree, that's fine. It's respectful. And then I, there, there's a load of Twitter trolls as well. I can tell you in the last week, I, there hasn't been a morning. I haven't woken up to a bunch of message requests from absolute randomers. Um, just literally digging me out for things I say. Um, and one of them was the David Lewis thing. So I'm delighted that came off. Um, Albert, I'm going to come back to you, mate. I took pleasure, probably more than I should have, in seeing David Lewis celebrate a block. I mean, doesn't that just tell you how much more seriously Arsenal as a team take defending now than maybe in years gone by? Yeah, with the, um, with the David Lewis thing, um, I, I... We've lost you there, Albert. Do you want to jump out of the stream and back in, mate? We've just lost Albert. Shings, I'll come to you, mate, um, and we'll get Albert back on here. Um, what about you? Do you feel like Arsenal are more, I guess, do, they, do you think they see the value of defending a little bit more? They understand the importance of it a little bit better than yeah, they've yeah. gone by? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the importance of it definitely. That's one thing it, because obviously I think before the, I think it was more important to obviously attack and possession and stuff. But I think it, it sort of took away how important the defending was, which I think is very very important. Yeah, absolutely, Albert. Let me come back to you, mate. I think the connection's yeah. all good yeah, now. Yeah, sorry, mate. 
What were you going to say about David Luiz? No, you know, you know what? I, I, I said, like, when I did a match preview, I didn't want him anywhere near the team, but I knew he would start yesterday. I knew Gabriel wouldn't be brought back in. Now, to me, it just made sense. But, um, yeah, I've got no issue with the celebrating thing. I know they, people used to give Socrates stick for doing it, but listen, man, why, why, why as a fan would you complain about that? Like, defending to them is, is means as much as a goal scorer putting the ball in the back of the yeah. net it's going to make any difference so a match saving block is yeah, as yeah, significant yeah. to a centre back as a goal is to a forward isn't it yeah so I ain't got no problem with that mate to be honest yeah and good also, stuff and also you know that free kick let's say if David because if you remember David Luiz had head injury so if he had just drugged a bit then that goal had gone in people would be slating him so yeah. you know no for sure uh, you know that's what you want to see from your centre backs putting Putting their bodies on the line. Put them on the line. Of course, yeah. Exactly. Um, Albert, let me come back to you one more time, mate, before I let you guys go. Um, yeah, go on, mate. Rob Holding, he's been really, really good of late, hasn't he? And I've got to I've got to be honest, he's someone that I've looked at and gone, not sure about this guy over the years. He got the new contract, which some people were, were disappointed with. I thought, given that he was on uh, quite a low pay packet in comparison to some of the other players and the, the role that he does play in the first team now I thought it was probably fair obviously you know he had years remaining on his contract anyway we've only added one to that uh, but what, what have you made of his performances of late and do you think he's made that right centre-back position his own Harry <laughs> I'm glad you came to me with that question man because anybody that's seen my content I, I've not listen I've not ripped to Rob Holding but I say to people give me sit down and have a coffee with me and tell me what this, tell me the strong qualities of this of, this, of Rob Holding because I, I haven't seen it personally at Arsenal. That's just my honest opinion of when I've seen him play. More so because he's been injured most of the time. But um, yeah, to be fair, this season, like obviously the last run of games, he he has played well. Listen, I'm not gonna listen when someone plays well. I'm gonna give them credit. You know what I mean? We've had you've had the amount of clean sheets that we've had, and we've been starved of them as Arsenal fans for years. Like yeah, in a succession of running games, like you've got to give the man credit. And he's obviously, in terms of the defence and centre-back pairing, it's who partners him as opposed to Rob Holding coming into the team. So, listen, uh, credit credit where credit is due, man. As long as the guy does well, that's the main thing. And if he, can, if he continues this, Harry, this form until the end of the season, injury-free and going into next season, listen, I'll hold my hands up and say, you know what, I'll even, I'll even go to the Emirates and apologise to Rob Holding personally if I have to yeah. <laughs> like it's not a problem like yeah he's done well so give him his credit man I want him on the plane I want to see him at the Euros I really do I think he deserves an England call up I really do well if he uh, continues playing the way he is there's no reason why he shouldn't get one you know when you you've got to pick a team on merit Gareth Southgate was at the game as well yesterday he was yeah. um, incidentally so maybe maybe if Rob Holding continues in this vein of form you could see him on the plane um, Shings let me come to you mate on on Rob Holding I think most people will kind of agree that he's, yeah. he's having a good run at the moment is he someone that you're now completely convinced about or is he someone that you feel like there are still question marks over him ability wise I've always thought Rob Holding, if you remember, first time I came on, I've always said Rob Holding has got potential. He, he's just the injury. Injury, that's the only thing which which I still question. But, however, I do think, you know, uh, I think he's, he's improving. He's played well. And also for the for the price we've got him for as well, like, I think he's brilliant. And I think the new contract was, uh, was well-deserved as well. Good stuff. Guys, thank you so much, also, uh, Albert I'm, I'm Jings. Thank you very much. Did you... Um, a big yeah, shout out yeah, to Leonard. Much appreciated, well. mate. Cheers, bro. Cheers, guys. Thank you.
Right, let's bring on uh, our next caller. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, Rahil. How you doing, mate? I'm good, Harry. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, man. All good. Um, yeah, all good. Even better now that Spurs have just yeah. been beaten as well. Yeah. Um, Title challenging Spurs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Let me just uh, quickly give a big shout out to everybody watching us right now. Uh, really appreciate you guys' support. Uh, really appreciate those of you who are listening back on the audio as well. This month, the Chronicles of Aguna smashed all the records for views, downloads, um, sub new subscribers. And of course, we've launched our membership scheme and lots of you have signed up for that. So I really appreciate it. Really grateful for all the support. And we are closing in on 12,000 YouTube subscribers. That's just on YouTube. So help us get over the line. Before we went live, I think we were around about 100 off. Uh, so let's try and get as close to that as we possibly can tonight and then hopefully get over the line in the week. Um, Rahil, we've been talking a lot about the positives of the defenders and, and finding the balance. A lot of Arsenal fans were a little bit underwhelmed by Thomas Partey's performance yesterday. What did you make of it? Yeah, that includes me. He he had, I think, one of his worst games for Arsenal. Uh, not that he's played many, but um, given that he's been out for so long due to injury, now he's coming back in slowly. He did a, he did 60 minutes against Southampton and now he did 90 minutes. So that's that's something positive that at least now he can go through a whole game. Uh, I think even on social media, he admitted that uh, he had he didn't play well. And that's always good to see when, when players know that they haven't played well. That means they know that they can improve on it. So it wasn't his best game. But in, in contradiction, his partner, uh, Granit Xhaka, I think was really, really good. Um, he absolutely gave no space to Pogba or Bruno. So, yeah, and Xhaka has been brilliant since um, his red card incident. So... I think that's another positive. And I think even when Partey doesn't play well, whoever, whoever's playing next to him seems like they raised the game a little bit. So so that's that's also a good sign. Uh, but I'm not worried. I think Partey will come good. It's still early days. He's still coming back from the injury. So, yeah, he's a top-quality player, world-class. And I think he'll definitely be at his best very soon. Yeah, I just want to make it clear that in talking about kind of Partey's performance, it's not, for me, it's not a concern going forward. You know, we all know how good Thomas Partey is. We know what he brings to the table. We also know that he's been battling with fitness issues. Um, and, you know, and there's a good chance that he wasn't fully fit yesterday. It was the first 90 minutes he's completed since he returned. So we have to take that into consideration as well. Um, Harry, Rahil mentioned that whoever plays next to Thomas Partey looks really good. And, and it's true, isn't it? Granit Xhaka, his game, has just gone up another level being alongside a player who can snuff out the right spaces, is physical, is athletic. I think the pair of them are a really strong midfield duo and I think they give us a hell of a lot of balance. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, it's weird because sometimes you you get a little bit carried away with some players' performances, but he has just been um he's just been brilliant, hasn't he? He's been brilliant from from the day he's come in. He uh he glides with the balls, very reminiscent of Vieira. He's got this authority in the middle of the pitch. Um, he dribbles really, really well. Um, and I think he's just the perfect, just the perfect partner for Xhaka. And I'm I'm really pleased that we've finally got this colossal midfielder that can take us to the next level. 
Yeah, completely agree. Uh, just a quick reminder, guys, if you're interested in becoming a member of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel, click on the link in the description. It will take you to our membership page and there are three tiers available. Check them out uh, and decide which, if any, uh, of those suit you. We'd love to have you as part of the membership family uh, and come and join our Discord server, of, of course, as well, uh, where we're talking Arsenal and football around the clock. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the comments about Thomas uh, Partey. Uh, Sam says, love Partey and Xhaka in the middle. A big reason why we have such a good defensive record of late. Uh, yeah, uh, agree. Um Really, really agree with that. Uh, Alavi, one of our members on the social club, he says, is it really a coincidence that Arsenal have conceded one in four games with David Lewis at the back? He's a massive David Lewis fan. Um, even when David Lewis was uh, was not performing long before he came to Arsenal, uh, he's been a big fan. Yet David Lewis has been really, really good. He was, mind you, he wasn't very good at Southampton. I think he got away with that performance a little bit, but he was certainly, uh, certainly good uh, in that game. Uh, yesterday. Uh, Rahil, coming back to you, mate. Chasman in the chat says, top four in sight. In your opinion, is it in sight? Um, I think the next five fixtures will give us a better, clearer indication of where we are um, because we, we do have really tough games coming up. Wolves away, Aston Villa away, Leeds, Leicester, City. Those are really, really tough fixtures. So I, I think I'll judge after the five games. Right now, at this point in time, no, because we're still ninth or tenth. So we are, and there are a lot of good teams ahead of us. So it's going to be very, very challenging. But there are encouraging signs. We are playing um, much better now, uh, attacking wise, and our defense has been solid all season. So, so those are some encouraging signs. And the, another key, uh, another main thing that we have to take in, into account is the injuries. Because it also depends on if we can keep our key players fit. Like yesterday, we didn't have Saka, Tierney, and Aubameyang. And I think if they were on the pitch, we could have won that game. I, I really do think we would have won that game. So if we can keep our key players injured and then you know manage the rotation like the way Arteta, I think, did reasonably well, even though I know a lot of people thought that he rotated a bit too much, but I think he was forced due to injuries. So that's going to be another key. So if we can keep Saka, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Emil Smith-Rowe, and, and our defenders fit, then I think um, we do have a chance. But yeah, the next five games are going to be very, very crucial. Yeah, completely agree. Harry, what are your thoughts on the potential of Arsenal finishing in the top four? It, it does feel like it's going to be a massive ask, but surely whilst it's there, whilst it's achievable, whilst it's mathematically possible, that has to be Arsenal's aim. Yeah, totally. I mean, listen, when people were trying to say Arteta should leave, uh, they were convincing us that we were in a relegation battle. So we can convince ourselves that we're in the hunt for top four. I mean, the point difference is the same. So we can definitely do it. I'm just looking at the fixtures now. Uh, Next game round, obviously, we play Wolves, Man United, Southampton, Leeds play Everton, uh, Spurs play Chelsea. And then the weekend after that, we play Villa, um, Man United, Everton, Wolves, Leicester. So all the teams around us are kind of playing those teams in that top eight. So if we can somehow pick up four, yeah, four points off the next two games and those those other teams take points of each other, we, we could rise up and hopefully come the end of Feb, we can really, really, really be pushing that top four. I really think we can do it, but obviously we need an almost faultless run. 
And whilst we've yeah. been winning games recently, the fixtures have been pretty kind to us, apart from Chelsea, Man United. So, you know, it's a big week ahead of us and hopefully Wolves away, Villa away, we can do it. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, guys, if you want to join us tonight, if you want to come on and have your say on anything Arsenal, even football related, whatever it is that you want, as long as it ain't politics, uh, come and send us a DM uh, on Twitter to at Chronicles underscore AFC and we'll ping you a link right back. Um, let's quickly have a glance at the next uh, three fixtures coming up for Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, and the reason I want to do this, guys, is because what I like to do is I like to look at a group of games and say, I want X amount of points from this amount, from these games. I don't care which way round they come. I don't care, you know, how it works out. But I look at that. I look at Wolves away. I look at Villa away and I look at Leeds at home. And I feel like I want seven points from that at minimum. How are you guys feeling at Raheel? Yeah. I, as soon as you showed me the three fixtures, I think, yeah. I was thinking seven points minimum if we were to consider ourselves being in that top four race. Um, I think Wolves are not in the greatest of forms. Uh, they are dipping quite badly at the moment. So we could take advantage of their bad run and get three points uh, there. We did that last year, uh, last season. And so I think this season we, we have a chance. I think Villa away is going to be a really, really tough game. So that's the game I would be happy or okay with the draw. And Leeds at home, um, these are very unpredictable up and down. You never know what to expect. Well, you do know what to expect of them. They'll go all out attack. It's how well we can cope with that and then counter and get goals on the, at the other end. So, yeah, so from those three games, seven points should be a, a minimum to continue this run and, and try get into that top four race. Get involved in the live chat, guys. Let us know how many points you want to see Arsenal take from the upcoming fixtures against Wolves at Molyneux, against Aston Villa at Villa Park and against Leeds United at the Emirates Stadium. Now, remember, for those of you with partners, Arsenal Leeds is smack bang in the middle of the afternoon on <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> Day. Right, so make sure you give your your other halves plenty of advance warning because you don't want to Saturday be night. Saturday night, you can <laughs> celebrate it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Rahil. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thinking outside the box. Uh, yeah, I I need to break the news as well. Not that we can go anywhere at the moment, but yeah, still. Um, <laughs> big uh, hello to the blind Guna who joins us in the live chat. Thank you very much for your kind super chat, my friend. He says, "I don't think we're going to get top four. The best chance of getting into the Champions League is via the." Europa League. Harry, did, did I get a points total from you? I don't think I did. No, I'm going to go seven. Seven as well. Uh, yeah, minimum, yeah, seven. I mean, listen, we've got to do it. If you want to make top four, like I said, we've got to be faultless. So, seven points, uh, beat Wolves, draw against Villa and beat Leeds. Yeah, and, and like I say, I will take seven points. I don't care what way it comes. You know, if we you know, if we beat Wolves, you know, if we lose at Wolves, then there's there's pressure on that Villa game. If we draw at Wolves, there's pressure on that Villa game for me. So it's, it doesn't really matter what way it comes, but it needs to come. Let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat about it. Wes Bird says Villa away, the trickiest. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Robin says seven. Darren wants seven to nine. Uh, Dominic says I want seven points. Uh, Feridun says we should beat Wolves and Leeds. Um, where am I? The chat keeps constantly updating it. This is why I miss so many comments because it just keeps going. Uh, Xander says, a nice eight-day break between Villa and Leeds. No reason to rotate for Wolves and Villa. That's a really good point. Um, but the problem is 
you still don't have that much of a big gap between Wolves and Villa. So Tuesday, you know, say they get the day off on the Wednesday or they only do an afternoon session. Then you're talking about Thursday and Friday to prepare for that game. So it's kind of, I was making the point earlier on the show. I felt I feel like we're kind of bunching games together and then we've got like a, a period of rest. Whereas if they just shifted those Tuesday games to a Wednesday, then you'd have an even gap on either side. And I think it would be a little bit uh, better for the coaches, better for the players, but is what it is. Um, Nadine says three points each from Wolves and Leeds and one from Villa. Uh, Westbert says agree seven points, but think we can achieve nine. Uh, Liam Gardner says we cannot afford even a single defeat in the running. I don't think that's, I don't agree with that. Um, respectfully, Liam, I feel like other teams are going to drop points as well. So, yes, as Harry says, we need to be as close to perfect as possible. But I, I wouldn't say that if we picked up a single defeat, that would rule us out of the running uh, for the Champions League. Uh, Don Juan wants nine points. Uh, Sam wants seven at least. Definitely. Brad says we've played more games than our rivals. So three wins is a must to put the pressure on. That's a good point as well. Yeah. Um Harry, how much of a, a concern is that to you? The fact that we've played less games. Do you look at the table and obviously it paints a bit of a false picture right now, but do you look at that and feel as though that's going to come and bite us later on? Yeah, I do. But I also think that usually teams like Everton and Leicester, uh, West Ham are up there. I, they always seem to fade off because it's just it's just the way it goes. So I'm a little bit concerned about that, but we've seen those teams start to drop in points already. So I think now it's just about us doing our thing and making sure we are as consistent as we can be. And of course, we want seven to nine points from the next three games. But if we go to Villa and we lose in unfortunate circumstances, it's okay. If we go to Villa and we get battered like we did at home, then obviously you panic a little bit. But as long as we go there and give a good account of ourselves against a really, really, really good team, um, we should be okay. And, And hopefully... The teams who have, you know, games in hand, essentially, you know, hopefully they lose. And like I say, a lot of those teams, they're playing each other over the next couple of weeks. So they'll be taking points off each other and, and hopefully we can just can continue the rise. Yeah, absolutely. Also, you know, of course, we've got after that run of three games, we've got the, the tie with Benfica in the Europa League. Uh, and Andreas asks in the comments, is there any update with that Benfica game? We don't know what's going to happen with that yet. Um, we know that there's a there's quite a high volume of cases uh, in Portugal from what I was reading the other day. Um, and there is a possibility of that home leg for Benfica being switched to a neutral venue. I mean, UEFA have shown in the past, even when it came to kind of finishing off last season, that they probably won't budge, i.e. they won't allow the game to be rescheduled. They won't allow Benfica more time to get it sorted. They are very much you know, you want to stay in our competition, then you got to play. So I think a solution will be found there. Rahil, going into that tie with Benfica, how are you feeling? Because on the one hand, you look at them and they've got lots of talented players in there, a massive, historically, they're a giant of European football, but actually Rangers did a number on them in the group stage. That should give us some encouragement, shouldn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, to be honest, I don't follow the Portuguese league, so I'm not sure how good they really are at this point in time. Um, but I think we are, we're good enough to beat them. I mean, we have the players. Um, we if if we continue this run um, in the next three games, like we mentioned, I think we'll be able to to come through with that tie. Uh, also, I think Arteta will want to get it right this time round. 
Um, because last season, you know, when he got long knocked out by Olympi- Olympiacos, um, after being ahead in the first round in the first leg, so I'm sure Arteta will definitely be eyeing this one and making sure that this time around he gets it right. So I'm pretty positive, but Europa League is not going to be easy. There are some really good teams, even if we make it through, which I hope we do. Um, we still have there's still quite a good number of teams left in the competition. So yeah, it's going to be tough, but definitely we can come through with the with the with at least the next round. For sure, Gunnigo in the chat says that was gutting being knocked out uh, by Olympiakos. Yeah, it it was um, it was heartbreaking. And Harry, you know, that just goes to show, though, doesn't it, that we can't take the competition in the Europa League for granted. There are some sides in there who. You know, we don't watch every week, but there are some very capable players in those sides. And, and it's uh, one of the it's the second best European competition. So we have to be aware, don't we? We can't, you know, mess around. We can't take it yeah. for granted and we can't be arrogant. Yeah, we do. And that's why we have to rotate and we have to get players up to speed because there'll be injuries and we'll need a Willian to step up. We'll need a Cedric to step up, a Martinelli to step up. So we need to give those players minutes and make sure they're ready. Just thinking about the Europa League, all I can now picture is that Aubameyang miss in the last minute at home uh, against <laughs> Olympiacos, and that kills me. But it's fine margins in those competitions. It really is. Teams that 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 come come away and they play at their ground, they come with a huge motivation with the, their whole country, their whole city behind them. So you really, really have to be up for it. Um, I think um, Benfica have Otamendi and Vertonghen at the back, right? I'm sure they do. So, yeah, I yeah. So, so. so even those like little motivations and those little stories are there to be written about an ex-Spurs defender coming to us and doing the job and whatnot. So yeah, you, you've got to be alert. You've got to be up for it. And and once all the Champions League teams start getting in the mix, it becomes a really hard competition. So if we want to get Champions League football, then we need to take that super, super seriously. Yeah, for sure. Um, guys, if you want to come and join us, we've got around about... Uh, what? 18 minutes left of the show. Uh, please do so. Send me a DM on uh, Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. We've sent a few links out uh, to those that have put their names down, but the, the last few, it looks like, uh, haven't decided to turn up, which is fine. Um, it's absolutely fine because we've got Harry and we've got Raheel here. But um, if you do want to jump on, that means there are some slots available. So uh, feel free to drop me a DM if you're interested. Um, let's Let's kind of look ahead to that game against Wolves because it is around the corner. Wolves aren't having a great season, Harry, but one thing they can do is they can frustrate people. They can make it very difficult. And Nuno Espirito Santo is is technic- uh, tactically, I should say, quite a savvy coach. I feel as though Wolves' struggles are partly down to the fact that they don't have enough depth. The injury to Raul Jimenez was, was massive. Um, uh, do you go into this one making Arsenal favourites? Because if you think back to probably last season and the season before, you'd have made Wolves favourites going into this game at Molyneux. Yeah, you would. Um, I think we're favourites, but it always scares me when there's a team in a bad run of form because you're just waiting for them to turn it around. Traore also scares me if he isolates our fullbacks. So we are favourites, but like with every Premier League game, if you're not up for it, then you can get found wanting. So we've really, really just got to be alert, got to be ready. If players like Willian do come in, if Martinelli does come in, if Lacazette is out and Nketiah comes in, they've just got to be on their toes and ready to go. You know, dominate the game, dominate possession, try to get an early goal, make it hard for them. If you give those teams the ascendancy and they get the first goal and they're desperate for a win, it's going to be really hard to break them down. So 
we've got to be bang on the money against Wolves. I think it's going to be a lot tougher than people think. I really do. How are you feeling about it, Rahul? I'm confident uh, compared to like the previous years we've been to Wolves. Also, they don't have fans in the stadium. That always helps because they do create a, a really great atmosphere. So I'm confident, but like Harry mentioned, I mean, there's no easy game in the Premier League. And um, Wolves have been in the Premier League for a number of years, so they are a well-established side. So it, it will be a really tough game. Um, a, a little bit on Wolves, I think they're also struggling playing in a back four. The, you know, they, they changed from a back five to a back four, yeah, and I don't think they've, they've got it right yet. And like you mentioned, Jimenez is not there, which is also good for us. Um, so I think we, we can definitely get a result, but we have to be on top of our game. And I'm praying that Saka and uh, Tierney are, are back. Um, I think that that will be quite crucial because um, I don't know how... Like Because Martinelli in the first half didn't seem up to speed. Also, he's coming back from injury. And William came on. He was a, better than he has been. But, you know, his standards have fallen so far down. That's not saying much. So, um, yeah. So, I'm really, really hoping that Saka and Tierney are back. And if they are... And I think we have a we have a good chance, and uh, otherwise it's going to be yeah it's going to be a tough game. Yeah. The thing is, so if they are back, are they going to play both games? So if we bring KT and Saka back, yeah. do we play them for Wolves and then Villa? Because surely that's too much. I wonder if he'll alternate. I wonder if Cedric just... has played now how many games in a row though? Like three or four. So that's also he's played. There. He he did going into this game. I think it was the two games against Southampton and the Newcastle one before that. I think he played 90 minutes three times in eight days. Yeah, so that's which also was a bit of... Yeah, it sounds silly, but if KT is 90% fit, I would save him for the Villa game, only because whoever starts left-back, Traore is always going to win that race. Yeah. Like, you can't stop him. So to put KT through that, or, you know, trying to keep up with Traore all night is going to be really, really hard. So... I would rest KT and try and get him in for the Villa game. But listen, if he's fit to play both, happy days. But big games yeah. coming up, we just got to be careful. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and you guys in the chat, uh, Don Juan says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Ella says 2-0 uh, to the Arsenal. Uh, so there's quite a bit of confidence in the chat uh, going into this one. Uh, Liam Gardner says uh, Wolves are built to play us. They will sit and pounce. We will need to perform. Um a couple of players that you guys just mentioned there that we should probably just touch on. Um, <laughs> Nicolas Pepe, Harry, he's been much improved in the last couple of games. I really enjoyed his performance at Southampton and I really enjoyed his display yesterday. I know you can make the point that he probably should have scored a goal, um, but I just like the kind of confidence uh, with which he's playing, the swagger. I felt that him playing on the left the other day was actually, uh, you know, better. And I was surprised that actually we didn't move him to the left when Willian came on, just even for a short period of time to really give Wan-Bissaka a bit of a hard time. What was, What's your take on, Will, on Pepe's recent performances? And do you think we're finally starting to see the player that we signed? Yeah, I think we finally are seeing it. We're seeing, most importantly, uh, a greater work ethic. In the 80th minute or 90th minute, or sorry, late in the game yesterday, uh, he tracked, tracked a runner for about 20, 30 yards, which he wasn't usually doing. So we're seeing that to his game. Saka sent the benchmark in terms of being clinical when it matters. You know, he really has. So it's quite hard for Pepe because when he gets into those areas, we expect him to score. We expect him to assist. I think there's a few things with his decision making where he could maybe perhaps pass instead of shoot. But 
it's a great improvement um, and, and hopefully that rises. In terms of position, I think you're right. I think left wing is going to be better for him because it's less predictable. When he plays on the right, obviously, it's all about cutting inside. When it's on his left foot, it, it simplifies everything for him because it's take a touch and shoot or take a touch and cross. Um, similar to Sane at Man City, I think personally, left wing will will breed him confidence quicker and then perhaps later on put him back on the right. But it's a good position to be in that we have a player like that um, slowly finding his confidence and, and hopefully justifying that huge transfer fee. I'm still not fully convinced, I have to be honest, but for me, the first thing is looking like you want it, looking like you have an appetite for the game and he seems to have that back. Yeah, and I think, Rahil, would you say I'm right in saying that we kind of have to adjust our expectations of Nicolas Pepe? Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. that, that transfer fee is always going to linger over his head. And it's never going to be justified, is it? No, never, no, never, never, never. I don't think it will. So we need to kind of keep that aside and just look at the, the player for what who he is. And uh, like Harry said, there was a lot of encouraging signs in the last few games. Um, and I, I still think there's there's a really good player in there. And I think if he can keep it going consistently... And, and the thing is now he's getting consistent game time to prove himself. Like, I remember at the end of last season, he did really well in the FA Cup final. We got in William and then he was benched. So his confidence must be shot, definitely. I mean, he, he does look like a player who needs confidence, who needs an arm around his shoulder. And, and, and I think Arteta probably has has figured that out now and is giving him more game time and he has he he is doing his defensive duties now he sup, the, surprisingly he's quite good in the air I, I saw him win a couple of good headers like he doesn't seem like it but he's actually pretty good uh, in the air so that's quite encouraging so he has a little bit more to to his game uh but yeah definitely encouraging signs and i hope he can continue this form because if he can get that left foot going, it's 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 brilliant to have a weapon like that in our in the armory because he his his left foot is brilliant. He can score, he's, he can assist, so he's a great great talent. And we just need to make sure we get the best out of him. And hopefully, in the next run in, he can continue this form. Yeah, for sure. Um, another player I just want to touch on, Harry Willian, um, came on yesterday at halftime. We all assumed at the time that something was wrong with Gabriel Martinelli. To see him hooked off at halftime for a player that, let's let's be quite honest, not a single Arsenal fan out there would have wanted to see come on the pitch. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of talked myself into, oh, there must be something wrong with Martinelli, only to then see him sitting with the substitutes and looking absolutely fine. Mikel Arteta spoke about it after the game. He revealed that it was a tactical thing. Um, I think... A lot of people are struggling to put Willian's previous performances to the side when judging what impact he had yesterday. And I thought he was very good when he came on. I th- I've seen him get a lot of stick about the chance he missed. That He's not the only one that missed the chance yesterday. And I think a, a confident Willian maybe takes that first time and doesn't allow the defender to get back there and defend. But what did you make of his display? And And it's great that... Nicolas Pepe is starting to find a bit of form. If Willian can as well, we'll be blessed yeah. with so many options. I think he was actually okay when he came on in the FA Cup. There was a clip on Twitter where Pepe nutmegs a couple of players and Willian isn't busting a gut to, to make the run. But I think that was more of an instruction of just to say, look, it's 3-1 in the FA Cup. Sorry, 3-1 in the league. Come on against Southampton, just keep it tight. So I think yeah. that's that's people are tarnishing him with that straight away. So they're not, they're not able to review his performance fairly against Manchester United. Um, I think he played well. I think uh, 
he he looks better. He gave us better position higher up the pitch, which is really important. Martinelli is a wonderful talent. Um, sometimes things with him are a little bit hectic. The ball doesn't always stick. Or when he does get it, he instantly just wants to play it off to someone and make a forward run or, or, and almost try and score, which is great. But sometimes it's just about trying to build possession and get you higher up the pitch. And there was a few times when... Uh, Cedric and Willian linked quite well on the left-hand side. He should have scored his chance. Um, he could have hit it first time. He could have taken a much better first touch. Um, but he's improving. And like I say, we need him. For me, it's just about finding the right position. Uh, like you say, whether you play Pepe on the left or him on the right sometimes. The only thing on when you play Willian on the right, it feels a little bit one-dimensional in terms of he's very much a, a touchline right winger where he gets it at his feet, wants to beat a fullback and put in a cross. We don't really play that way. We play crosses, but usually players are running onto crosses. We don't have a Giroud. So I think playing Willian left midfield probably suits uh, the overall team shape better because it just means he becomes more of a possession footballer. Similar to someone like Haleb, Alexander Haleb on the right-hand side, you know, just keeping the ball ticking, keeping the ball moving. Of course, you want goals and assists, but sometimes it's just about trying to generate some good possession. And I think he done that well yesterday. I do. Just going over to the comment section, Liam, one of our members, he says, what impact, Harry? What impact? Well, Arsenal were a far more effective attacking outlet in the second half than they were in the first. And the only difference from the first half to the second half was Willian on for Martinelli. Mikel Arteta obviously saw it as well because he took Gabriel Martinelli off because he he wasn't performing on the day. And, and as Harry says, he's a top talent, Martinelli. And that's not to criticise him or suggest that he won't come good again or, or anything like that. But you you can't spend every single weekend as Arsenal fans, and this is not aimed at you directly, Liam. This is a general comment to everybody. You cannot slate Willian every single week. And then when he does come on and play better, when he does come on and impact the game, you know, not only did he, he did he have that chance that obviously fell to him, he created a brilliant one for Pepe as well. How comes nobody's giving Pepe stick because his shot was blocked? You know, Willian contributed when he came on. You cannot deny that. You have to acknowledge that he contributed in some way yesterday and was much better than he has been, um, you know, in, in recent times. A uh, big shout to Gunnigel as well, who says, really enjoying the stream, by the way, guys. Thank you so much um, and welcome uh, to the channel. I, I'm not sure if I've seen you in the chat before, but welcome. Anyway, uh, we've one of our callers has jumped on. Let's bring on uh, Thomas. Uh, Thomas, how you doing, mate? How you doing, Harry? All good, man. All good. How are you? I'm great, man. Now we're finally winning again, finding some positivity. Shaka is playing good. I can't believe it. I told uh, you, man. I told you. Look, I told you. It's all about this, my friend. Yeah, trust, trust this, this Xhaka, is the one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you being very unhappy about Xhaka maybe a few weeks ago. I remember you saying Xhaka's I'm finished. Yeah, I'm still not <laughs> so happy about Shaka, but now, I, listen, I, I want to start by saying I respect all football players, right? I respect all football players, I respect, especially Arsenal. Arsenal players, I love them all. But still, when you, I think party is making him look really good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I trust agree. it, man. I, I agree that Partey is uh, is making him good. Uh, he's making yeah. him look better. I, I do agree with that. And I think with a midfield pairing, it is a lot about balance. And I'll just quickly come back to Raheel on this. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier on, but for me... Xhaka, Xhaka is allowed to play his game without being exposed 
for the lack of athleticism because he has an athlete next to him. Would you agree with that, Rahil? No, 100%. Um, that's why he struggles with Ceballos and Eleni next to him. I, like, Xhaka has his limitations. We can all agree on this. He does. But when you he has the right tools or the right players around him and you bring the best out of him, he is actually a really, really good player. I, I've always rated him, and I know and I understand the stick he gets because some he has in the past made stupid mistakes and even i've been frustrated at, at him but lately he's showing the maturity and, and the confidence with someone like Partey next to him so it definitely brings out the best in Xhaka and um yeah going forward that should be our midfield pivot i think we it, it gives us a really good balance so with with Partey next to him Xhaka can then unleash and go a little bit forward and like he did against um, Southampton, giving a, a really great through ball for Pepe's goal. So because he ha he has the license to go a little bit forward with Partey in the midfield, because they they know that Partey can cover and and can cover Xhaka and move forward at the same time. So it's a really good balance in midfield. Our defense looks much more solid with them uh, ahead of the uh, defense. So yeah, um, definitely uh, looking good for for Xhaka. At the moment, let's yeah. hope it continues. <laughs> um, you always have to put a caveat with that. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just said that I hadn't seen Gunner go in the chat before. She says she's new around here. She's got her own channel as well, which is Arsenal football content. So make sure you click on Gunner go in the comments, and it should take you to her channel. Make sure uh, you subscribe to that as well. Uh, we love to see other Arsenal channels growing as well. So make sure you get over there and check it out. Um, going back to this. The, the Granite Xhaka figure, right? <laughs> I left the house yesterday to go down to the studio to commentate on the game. And I got in the car and I remembered that I hadn't brought this with me. And because I wasn't going to be watching the game at home, I was scared. I was actually fearful that if I didn't get come back and get this, <laughs> Arsenal and Granite Xhaka were going to have a stinker. So I came inside. I put it in my pocket. Obviously, it was too embarrassing to get it out in the in the studio uh, and, and be asked questions about what the hell I was doing with this thing. But the Granite Xhaka figurine came with me to the studio yesterday. And uh, so I put that as to be the reason as to why. Carried with all times, game. Harry. Yep. <laughs> all times. Turn it into like a necklace, drill a hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, you could, I guess you could put it around the arms and then, yeah, yeah we'll exactly. work something out. <laughs> Quickly on Xhaka, I just want to I just want to yeah. dispel the myth about Xhaka's passing. Ninety percent pass completion rate in the Premier League so far this season. Higher than Henderson, Kante, Tillemans, and Didi, Jorginho, Declan Rice, and the second highest passer forward passes into the final third behind Rodri. So I'm not necessarily pro Xhaka, but I'm anti Xhaka's you know useless because he's not. He he has a role to play in this team. Uh, taking the ball off a back four with your back to play, turning, playing a pass is one of the hardest things to do in football. Central midfield is, is the hardest position to play in football in my eyes. We've seen many centimetres come here and not cut the mustard. He, he, he's a good player. He's not amazing. He's a good player. He has his faults. But right now we're seeing a really good jacker because the exactly. team as a whole is functioning well next to party and with a number 10 to play. That's what I'm yeah. going to say about Jacker. Thomas, let me come back to you, Thomas. Let's, let me ask you the main question of tonight's show. Um, yeah. Are we starting to see Mikel Arteta's Arsenal take shape? Yeah, I think so. 
I think uh, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the noise that he had to endure as a coach, like uh, I think with uh, with uh, Mustafi and Özil and all these players, right? I think they were were really unhappy, and they're strong characters. You can see it even in the uh, Arsenal YouTube videos. You see they are strong characters, right? So when when uh, in a kind of way, I think when they he managed to to tear them apart in a way. Can I say that? Uh, something else started to boil in Arsenal. A belief started to grow in Arsenal. I think, yeah. I think the the players that are with uh, uh, Arteta right now, they're really with Arteta. They 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 will bleed for Arteta. So I think something is starting to grow in. And I think as well, I think um, Pepe is playing better because I I think he's a confidence player. I think uh, Arteta needs to take. Take his arm around him, you know, and tell him that, yeah, you did a good job. And uh, the last two games, he's been saying stuff about the Pepe, like, yeah, yeah, he played a good, he played a good game, or yeah, we need him, or you know. When he gets that type of confidence, I think he's going to be a a world beater for Arsenal. I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, mate. I, I think you're absolutely right. Confidence is certainly um, key when it comes. Uh, when it comes to Nicolas Pepe and so many others as well in this yeah. Arsenal squad. Um, guys, we're going to have to leave it there because it is 10 p.m. on the dot. Um, unfortunately, I've got work to do, so it's not going to be um, <laughs> a chill-out Sunday evening for me, but it's the nature of the job. Sometimes We're going to support you, my friend. We're going to support you, Harry. We're going to support you, man. Smash that like button, people. Smash it. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. And I do really, really appreciate it. Uh, a couple of quick things to go through before we round off the show. Uh, if you haven't hit the like button, make sure you do it. doesn't cost a thing and it helps the video. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, we're around about 100 away from 12,000 on YouTube. So please help us get over that line as well. Um, what else have I got to say? Memberships. If you want to become a member, click on the link in the description uh, and it will take you to our membership page. You can see the different tiers and choose which, if any, of those appeal to you. And of course, don't forget that tomorrow night, uh, I'll be joined by Adrian Clark at 9 p.m. UK time. Adrian Clark is back on the podcast. So very much looking forward to talking to Adrian about the kind of th the rise of Arsenal again, because the last time Adrian was on, I think we were going through a bit of a difficult patch. So it'll be nice to see what Adrian thinks about how we've kind of turned things around. And of course, the transfer window as well, which is due to shut. Um, as I said a little bit earlier on, I want to say a massive thanks to every single viewer, listener, uh, contributor in the chat, all you guys that come on the phone and thank you all so much because we've smashed all sorts of records for the podcast this month. The most downloads ever on the audio podcast, which is incredible. Um, and we are top of the 90 min network. So across the whole of 90 min, the Chronicles of Aguna is at the top of the table right now. So we're absolutely delighted with that. Um, in terms of subscribers, on the YouTube channel alone, we've had over 1,300 subscribers in the last 28 days, which is amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a really, really good month. I know, uh, of course, it's January and everybody's interested in transfers and we've done a fair amount of that. So there is going to be a bit of a spike naturally, but I'm delighted uh, that we've cashed in on it and that everybody is on board and 
and and yeah everything's going great so thank you all so much for your continued support my thanks to thomas my thanks to Rahil, and my thanks to harry uh thank you all for uh staying on and, and joining me really enjoyed the debate really enjoyed the discussion we'll be back very very soon with another episode of the chronicles of aguna two shows coming your way tomorrow one at lunchtime and then of course adrian clark at 9 p.m Turn the notifications on so you don't miss it. And if you're listening via the audio platforms, make sure you leave us a review. Until next time, cheers. Top four. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.